Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. Welcome to Easter Online with Restoration Life Christian Church, the very first of its kind due to the circumstance that we're experiencing globally today. You know, today is an amazing day for the believer. It's an amazing day because today's the day that we celebrate a risen Savior. Yes, on Good Friday, He gave His life. He laid down His life for all of us. But on Resurrection Sunday, He conquered the grave and death to bring us life and life more abundantly. Today, I want to look at the power of Resurrection Sunday. Because for a lot of people, Easter is just another three-day weekend. It's a day that's filled with barbecues and, and chocolate bunnies and peeps and coloring eggs and Easter egg hunts and, and, and all of that. But the reality is for the believer, for the Christian, it's a day of celebration. It's a day that we remember because we understand that our faith is built on that foundational truth. That though Jesus died on Friday, on the third day, he arose. Today, I want to look at what the Bible has to say about the power of Resurrection Sunday. Because for us, this is everything. It answers that age-old question, is there life after death? And Jesus responds with an exclamation mark of yes, life and life more abundantly. Jesus answers this question with his very own resurrection. And he answers it by sharing with us that he's given us a hope and a future. This is a promise that was fulfilled, a promise that would bring joy and strength to everyone who would become a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, Resurrection Sunday is the basis for our faith. Everything that we believe is built and strengthened on that foundational truth. And in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28 tells a story of the disciples or the women coming to to, to the tomb of Christ. And what we read here is a powerful story. Let me share it with you. Matthew 28, six through eight says this, he is not here. This is what the angel said to the women. He has risen from the dead as he said he would. Come and see where the, the place where the Lord lay. Run fast and tell his followers that he has risen from the dead. He is going before you to the country of Galilee. You will see him there as, as I have told you. They went away from the grave in a hurry. They were afraid and yet had much joy. Then they ran to tell the news to all of his followers. You see, the angels declared that he is not here, that he is risen from the dead. Now that changed the course of history and this truth continues to change the course of many lives today. Today I wanna to take a closer look at his resurrection power. Because people have asked the question, if he wasn't in the grave, then why was the stone rolled away? I believe the stone wasn't rolled away so that people, so that he could come out, but so that you and I could look in. And today, as we go into the scriptures, we're going to look into that tomb. We're going to look into that grave and we're going to find out not only that it is empty, but we're going to find out why it was empty. I believe that an empty grave is part of the greatest evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For the followers of Jesus back then, 
and for all of the Christians alive today, an empty tomb proves that you can have victory over death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 through 7 says this, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 other people, 500 of the brothers and sisters that came at the same time, most of whom are still living. Though some have fallen asleep, he appeared to James and then to all of the apostles. So what victories do we celebrate on Easter Sunday? Well, the first victory that we celebrate is that as believers, we know that death and the grave have been defeated. Let me say that again, that death and the grave have been defeated. Paul writes to the church in Corinth. He says this in chapter 15, verse 42 through 44. He says, so it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. What is sown in dishonor is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, then there also is a spiritual body. In verse 42, Paul says that we are sown perishable. What does that mean? That means from the time that you and I were born, there has been an expiration date on all of our lives. We all start to decay even though we are alive. But because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, the grave is conquered, death is defeated, and you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, are raised imperishable. We are born into this life as perishable human beings. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says this, It is in the plan of God for all of men to die once and after that they will stand before God and be judged in Isaiah 25 and 8 the prophet Isaiah declares he will swallow up death forever the sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces he will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth this the Lord has spoken so from the moment that you and I were given birth you and I were perishing we were perishing because we were living in sin. But from the moment you and I received Jesus as Savior, as God into our life, you and I are given victory over the grave and victory over death. And when, when we were perishable, now we become imperishable. Hebrews 2.14 says it this way, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. Your physical body might fail, but your soul will never die. You might think because of your age right now, for, for some of you that are much more refined and, and mature of age, you might think that you, more have, that you have more behind you than you do in front of you. But I'm here to tell you some good news. That's inaccurate. In fact, 
for the believer in Jesus Christ, you have more in front of you than you ever will behind you because the perishable has put on the imperishable. We will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. We will be given a new life, a life, a life more abundance. And this is eternal life. So the reality is this. We don't have more behind us just because we're older. In fact, we have more ahead of us. For the Christian, for every believer, young and old, there's more ahead of us than there is behind us. And we thank God for that today. We will be raised forever to live with Jesus in heaven. You and I will shed the perishable for the imperishable. That blesses my soul today. No grave was able to keep Jesus in death. And the good news of Easter is no grave will be able to keep you and I in death because death and the grave have been defeated by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is what we celebrate today. Luke chapter 20, verse 35 through 36 says this, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection of the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage and they can no longer die for they are like the angels. They are God's children since they are children of the resurrection. This is what Luke was describing that Jesus made possible for all of us, that you and I will be transformed. The, imper the perishable will put on the imperishable. That's you and I. That's the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we can't gloss over that truth because we know what the Bible says in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, perishable. But the gift of God is eternal life, imperishable. We are a dying race living on a dying planet. But when someone teaches you how short life truly is, you tend to quit wasting it. You, 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 quit to, you, you tend to quit living life frivolously. Not only is this a dr not a dress rehearsal, it's a very short play. Psalms 90 and 12 says this, teach us how to understand how many days that we have. Then we will have a heart of wisdom to give you. Life is indeed a short play. We won't be here forever. I won't be here forever. And neither will any of you. But by the grace and the mercy of God, we've been given eternal life through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Look, we all go through the valley of the shadow of death sooner or later. The only question is how will we make that journey? And what will we find on the other side? There are only two answers to that question. Either we go through the valley on our own, or we follow the one that went through the valley and conquered it and came out on the other side victorious. I don't know about you, but I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to trust Jesus with all my life, with all my heart, with everything that's within me, because I know that he went through the valley of the shadow of death, that on a good Friday, he gave his life willingly, laid it down. So for, for, for the whosoever's of this world, and he conquered that valley. He came out of the other side of that valley, conquering death and the grave. Listen, if you face your own death unprepared, you will have to, come, you will have to take whatever comes your way. Because once you are dead, you don't get a do-over. There is no second chance after we die. Or 
we can do the wise thing and listen to the testimony of someone who was there and came back to tell us about it because he conquered it. In Jesus, you and I have the assurance that death is no longer victorious because the resurrection of Jesus Christ conquered death and the grave. It is precisely at this point that the words of the New Testament become so crucial to us. Revelation chapter 1 verse 18 says this. This is Jesus making the declaration. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. I love the expression that Jesus makes when he says, I have the keys. Now, every time I leave my house, I take my keys with me. And on this keychain, I have very important keys. Keys that give me access to my house. Keys that give me access to my truck. Keys that give me access to my boat. Keys that give me access to our church. I have an alarm system on this on, on my keychain that actuates um, the alarm system on my truck that keeps it hopefully protected. But these keys are extremely important to me. Not everyone is allowed to have these keys or a copy of these keys. The one that holds these keys has the authority to come in and out of what he holds precious to himself. And anyone that I allow to have a key into my house is very special to me. That means that they have authority with me. That means that they have a responsibility that I have given them. That means that they are very near and dear to me because if they were not, they would not have access to my home. They would not have access to anything that I hold as valuable. In the same way, Jesus, when he comes out of the grave, he makes a declaration and he says, I hold the keys to death and to Hades. In other words, that these keys that I hold right now can close it up or open it up. And here's what I want you to hear, because you and I have come into a special relationship with God the Father. He's given us the keys to conquer death and the grave. And not only that, but he's also made a way into heaven through the precious blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55 through 57 says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Death has been defeated. That means that we don't have to fear its coming. In fact, some of us, we welcome it as a fast pass to our eternal reward. I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of COVID-19. I'm not afraid of what's happening in our globe today because I understand who holds the keys to the grave. I understand who holds the keys to life and death. And he has given me that key. He has given me a key through relationship 
to himself to enter into the most holy of places boldly through grace and truth in Jesus Christ. John eleven twenty five 25 says this, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. That is the key that we believe in Jesus Christ, not only in his death, but also in his resurrection. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse one and two says, for we know that if the tent, that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. For this is for, for in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. What is he saying? Paul is saying that, that there's coming a day when we're going to shed this earthly tent and we're going to put on a new body, a perfect body, a body that has been prepared for us in a place that has been prepared for us because Jesus conquered death in the grave. Revelations 21 and 4 says this, He will wipe away every tear, every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the older things have passed away. Man, I say hallelujah to that. Praise the Lord. So as believers, we know that death and the grave are defeated. That's number one. Number two, as followers of Jesus, we have conquered sin's dominion over our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42 through 44, Paul the apostle writes, So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So Paul goes on to say that we are sown basically in humiliation and dishonor. We are born in sin because of uh, we are born in sin because of what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, in the Garden of Eden. But because of a decision that Jesus made in the Garden of Gethsemane, we experience an empty tomb in, in the new garden. Come on. We are born in sin, but because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, we are raised in glory. Here's my point. When we invite Jesus into our hearts as Lord and Savior, we are able to stand before God in glory. Why? Because we have become freed from sin and its dominion over our lives. We no longer are mastered by sin. We master it now because of Christ in us, the hope of glory. When God sees us, he sees his son. Romans 5.17 says this, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. So we live triumphantly over sin. We don't have to give in to temptation. We don't have to give in to the lust of our flesh. We don't have to give in to what causes separation between us and God. We're conquerors. In fact, we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. Paul says that we are sown in weakness, but through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, we are raised in power. We're born weak with no power to resist sin 
and temptation. But because of Jesus, the power of sin is broken over our lives. Romans 6.14 says this, For sin shall no longer be your master. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Because there's a lot of people today that are struggling in their sin. But if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus makes this promise. Sin will no longer be your master. Let me also say this, that addiction will no longer be your master. That the pain and the hurts of the past will no longer master your future or your life. That everything that you've experienced in this life can be conquered by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ living in you, through you, and for you. Sin is no longer your master. It is no longer my master. Why? Because of what Jesus did on the cross and because he arose on the third day. Do you know what that means? That means because of Jesus, we've been given power and authority over sin in our lives. Power over temptation. Power over ungodly desires. Power over drugs and alcohol and addictions. Power over broken relationships. Power over financial bondage. Power over every circumstance. We've been given power over COVID-19. It has no authority over our life. No disease can conquer the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. All power has been given to us. And since the power of God raised Jesus from the dead, how much more will that same power enable us to live conquering lives? Romans 8:11 says this, but the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Listen to that. The very same power, the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it dwells in all of us. We know him to be the Holy Spirit of God. And he lives in all of us. He lives in every believer that surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. He lives in you right now. He's given you the power to conquer your past. He's given the, you the power to conquer temptation. He's given you the power to conquer anxiety and depression and fear. Why? Because he's not given us a spirit of fear. What has he given us? He's given us his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit is the conqueror over the grave, over death, and over sin. You and I have become more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. So as believers, number one, we know that death and the grave are defeated. Number two, as followers of Jesus, we have conquered sin's dominion on our lives. And number three, Jesus conquered the grave to show us grace. I love this. This is so good. John chapter one, verse 14 says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son, who came from the Father, full of what? Full of grace and full of truth. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10 says this, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that anyone could boast. I love that God, our God, is the God of second chances. I love that God showed us grace through His Son, Jesus Christ. Here's what I want you to hear. That because of that grace, He can turn 
any hopeless situation around. Because in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 through 14, he says, Behold, I'm not come to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. Good Friday wouldn't have been so good without the resurrection of Jesus on Sunday. What seemed so hopeless on Friday afternoon would become the greatest comeback on, in all of history on that Sunday morning. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 says this, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Here's my point. No matter how far you've strayed from God, no matter how long you've been living far from God, no, no matter how far you've strayed from God, what I want you to hear right now, if you're still alive, if you're still breathing, it's not too late. We serve a God of second chances. We serve a God of miracles, a God of hope, and a God of future. Because of God's good grace on our lives through Jesus Christ, you can reach up from the depth of that darkness that you're living in and come back to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. In closing, the empty grave is just a reminder of the grace of God on all of our lives. This year, as we celebrate Easter, let's remember the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember these three things. Number one, as believers, we know that death and the grave are defeated. Number two, as followers of Jesus, we've been given the authority and the power to conquer sin's dominion. And number three, Jesus conquered the grave to show you and I grace. And he's given us the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom start with accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I can't tell you how proud I am to be the lead pastor of Restoration Life. And even though it seems like our world is going crazy, could it just be that God has allowed this to happen, to push the church of Jesus Christ outside of the four walls of the place where we assemble to make the declaration that our God's not dead, but He is alive. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that God blesses you. I pray that you remember that God loves you. And if you're not saved and you're not born again and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. And I want you to profess this prayer as you say it, not to me, but to Jesus. Let's do this together. In fact, all of the church family around the world, let's bow our heads and let's pray with everyone that's watching online, that's receiving Jesus Christ for the very first time. Say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I come to you a sinner. I believe that you died and you rose again for the grave for me. Forgive me of all my sin. I repent. I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life, to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died on Good Friday and that you rose again on Easter Sunday. And for that I am grateful. Save me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.